This is Chase Garbarino, co-founder and CEO of HQO, and this is the Let's Go Show. Welcome back from the new year, everybody. Hope uh, hope everybody had as good of an end of the year as you possibly could have. I'll tell you before we jump into today's topic, I am so tired of having to construct emails that are like, I hope you're well, all things considered, or mm. I hope you're well in what has been a challenging year. Like, mm. tired of writing Welcome that. So I think, I'm, I think I'm abandoning that in emails in 2021. So you oh, guys yeah. know, I do hope you're well, and I do recognize it's a different time but hope this latest email finds you well i hope this, I hope this latest podcast finds yeah. you well yeah, yeah. There's I, your will, blanket. I will say though like on december 31st to today and on january 1st despite clicking to a new year it feels the same <laughs> yeah yeah <does>. similar <laughs> it similar does. it's got a similar it might even have gotten for a bit oh it did yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Happy new year, yeah. today today is not about that no no no, no. today is about reflection on uh, what we learned of nine to 10 months, give or take. Yeah. Early March, of, right? March 7th. Uh, yeah. Working remote. Yeah. The remote so life. we do at the end of the year, we always do a look back internally at HQO where we review our values, learning, excellence, true speed, goodness, ownership, hence the Let's Go show. Um, today, we want to talk about your your perspectives on what mm-hmm. you learned from when we were forced to work from home and now while some of us are back, some of us aren't. Yeah, like a split. What we've learned. Yep. And we'll uh we'll transition to where we think everything's going. Great. Kevin, we'll start with you. Oh wow. So do you want to go <laughs> do you want to go learning and then Kevin and then we go around well, the room? Why don't we just, or do you want to go? Let's go all I'm the not way. a micromanager. All right. Yeah, why don't we just start Tom, I need your help. learning? Okay. Right? Go ahead. I think reflecting on twenty twenty and the headcount growth we saw. Which we almost doubled. For those listening, we started the year about 55 or so, ended the year a little over 100. Right. Um, Onboarding new folks was a much bigger challenge than I anticipated. I think a lot of culture that we had or have is a lot of the genesis of it is physically being here. Um, and there's a lot of absorption by proximity almost. I wondered if you guys saw the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, it was funny. I was trying to reflect and have self-reflection just on my personal, when we were filling out the reviews and everything like that. And, and when I came to learning, you know, obviously onboarding is very tricky. We, we even, you know, uh, my team in particular, we, we sort of had some, you know, uh, sort of issues with the length of time it takes to get on board just by being, over Zoom and over Google yeah. Hangouts the entire time. It's so hard when you're not in the room and you can't point to financial statements or go through certain things. But my biggest takeaway from learning was, and I and this is more of a positive outlook to it, was me in particular and, and everybody else, I hope they feel the same. We learned an entirely different way to function as an individual, which was not the case. Like when, you know, when I when you know go back when we had my kids, I had to learn how to take my kid to daycare, get into the office, do certain things. My life had changed. All of a sudden March and April, I had to learn how to be remote and what that was like. I had to learn how to manage remote. Mm. I had to learn how to do onboarding remotely and ultimately failed in a handful of those things as we're having, you know, learning issues. But it was more of a learned uh, or change to a lifestyle. Um, the other thing was where I was thinking about learning was I learned how to operate personally. And I think a lot of folks hopefully will think of it this way in a pandemic borderline recession and you learn to do things differently, Right. 
So yes, we had some issues onboarding and sort of getting up to speed or kind of whatever it may be. But I, I'm trying to think of the positives of, well, you know, uh, look at our financial projections and the budget and the actuals and the estimates. I had to learn to operate and we had to learn to operate much, as a much different company as a whole. And how do we navigate this market? Mm. But I think there was some upside oh, totally. to being put into that position and having to figure it out. Well, not relying on the water cooler conversations, right? Like if I had a mobile access issue, I would almost always just ping Jeff Bashand, hey, two seconds while he's passing my desk, right? The old unannounced drop by. Right. Um, what I've what I've noticed early on was I started documenting a lot more Google Docs, getting it out of Slack and using email for the asynchronous communication. Um, I think that was a strong point. I got better at procedures, documentation, uh, and I wouldn't have learned that otherwise, you know, because you have the crutch when you're sharing a space with somebody. Right. I think to learning and onboarding what what I think is has become like very black and white apparent to me that I don't think a lot, particularly in technology, the market isn't talking about this, but remote means and you know, it's smart usually not to talk in complete absolutes, but I think it's almost as close to absolute as possible. You can't innovate remotely. And so when you talk about onboarding and like procedural, like ramping up learning and where a lot of people get a crutch from being in person is that people learn through observation. Yeah. When you're in an environment where people, um, operate a certain way you just kind of absorb when you're around them right and you also the cost of interaction is significantly lower than the cost of interaction when you're remote because there's a scheduling component there is you have a sense of whether you're interrupting someone or not when you can see them whereas you know if you just call people all day mm-hmm. on slack or you know the phone or whatever you don't really know what they're doing, whereas in office, you can kind of pop your head in, right. now good time, no, whatever. Right, if someone's got the headphones on in the office, right. you're not going to go over there and ask them a complicated question. Right. You don't know that context over Slack. Yeah, so, so the cost from a dollar perspective of interaction remote is low. The cost from a time and social capital, kind of human capital perspective of interaction in physical is low, and it's- the reverse. Yeah. Inverse for each. Right. Yeah. Um, and from an innovation perspective, and this is where, you know, I've, I've posted things in Slack, um, about, and one of the early things that I thought in the pandemic, uh, was a lot of folks that were doing things, not remote, but distributed, moving people in other places. It was cost oriented rather than anything else, you know, more so than anything else. And when you start to break down how you learn, if you, if your job is dynamic and it's not completely playbooked, then you really do need to be in person because innovation and like doing things fast and rapidly, like things that change, it's all about collaboration and connection. And if I'm, if I'm a worker of, yeah, if I'm a worker of some sort, and I can, from a very playbooked fashion, be ramped up. I can ramp myself up and it's easy to <clears throat> move a job. Then I start to worry about my skill set. 
right? Where it's um, how much of this is just modularized and the job is so broad in the market that now we know there's a significantly large labor pool that can do this. The primary goal is to find the cheapest labor to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Which is where some commoditized. Yeah, and I don't think like any some labor is commoditized, right? Um, but I th- I think it's interesting to see like what companies and what jobs can't be moved in kind of the innovation economy, and then mm. where they're they're saying, yeah, we can move, mm. and it's a it's a cost structure thing. And you, I think you guys all saw that the Google le- somebody leaked uh, the CEO of Google talking about how. Um, there, he kind of cop to, yeah, all of our jobs are going to be connected with an office. They were just kind of deleveraging out of the Bay area. So, you know, if you're a company like Google or Facebook, they're not going like down market in labor. They just think that they can move some talent and a lot of talent's probably going to move out of the Bay area. And there's also talent being developed outside the Bay area that they can get at better cost. Mm. Um, but he said in an all hands, he's like, yes, it jobs will be connected to the office at Google, which I thought was telling. <clears throat> I thought it was telling. I think, I think when you think about some of those companies and their outlook, we saw change quite a bit over the last couple of months. To me, I think a lot of it, obviously the innovation side is critical, but there's a social and an almost people capital and an HR side of things where a lot of companies, the most innovative companies in the world rely on their people, right? Mm-hmm. If their people and the majority of their people leave that company because they disagree with what an executive says or whatever, then that company's not going to be innovative anymore. So I think a lot of the decision-making might have been to please the masses uh, or at least some 100%. of the rhetoric out there might have been to please the masses <laughs> yeah. so that they don't have to deal with any sort of innovation issues in the short term. Yes. I, th- I think because everyone went remote and some people <clears throat> ran towards remote first culture or will be remote for a year guaranteed no matter what yeah so you figure out what you want to do i I also think there's a benefit and you reduce complexity for um people at a company when you take away uncertainty so just by saying like june 2020 yeah we'll revisit this yeah Yeah, totally yeah so it makes it easy because you have a lot of people who are parents that are like how am i gonna school's school's on school's off school's on school's off and that's just a terrible way to live right like yeah. it's a tough a tough whiplash whiplash in the status of if you follow the media too closely whiplash on the virus every other day if uh the virus then creates whiplash on policies on school and what you can or can't do depending on what state you live in like if you can at least have one constant in right. the place you work, right. that's a good thing. Right. Right. The other um, sort of, as, as we were kind of talking, I was, I was thinking about it, you know, in sort of another area of learning and a big challenge, I think, for us coming up with learning. And obviously the retrospective is, is what it, what had happened, but the challenge is going to be we're going to face. We've learned an entirely new set of habits and we've learned what life is now. And I say this because I was talking with a handful of people and they were talking to their spouses or having like, Hey, today's a big day. I'm going in today. I'm going into work today. Like that's a big day. Like that's now learned from people that it's like, my normal is not to go into work and it's a big mm-hmm. day to go to work. So now we have to reteach as a culture, as a society that, uh, 
your job, most jobs, some jobs. I was going to uh, say, only, have, only have to a go back small to work. segment of people have that mindset. Yeah, hopefully. Yes. 70, 60 to 70% of jobs in America can't be done remotely. So like the tech bubble. Uh, in, in, I was going to say in, uh, in my yeah. tech bubble here. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. The people in the tech bubble and the thing that I have I've not been quiet about is I, I don't think it's a morally superior position to say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm working from home because it's a, it's an ethical thing. I don't, uh, when, yeah. when you start to get into weighted risk analysis of um, everything from the virus to uh, health, health impact with regards to the, the health impact that the lockdown creates um, the health impact that the economic impact, mm-hmm. you know, the, the tangential health impact from the economic impact on those less fortunate, the kids that can't be in school, all those things. I think if if most people put the mental work into um, that, then I think the majority of people in the world are good. And they would say, like, there's no single right answer. But it's also if people are saying, I want to stay home because I'm worried about my own health. So they're absolutely a fair answer but to say like you know i'm people who aren't doing that are you know morally inferior like frankly i think that's a total bullshit hmm. position yeah i didn't even know that was a stance people have that because i go into the you office don't waste your time on oh yeah media okay. and social media. <laughs> well no i was just thinking is like do people really think me amoral for coming into the office uh some people on social media do huh sure we have the audacity to go back to work. Never mind the folks that are keeping every single one of us alive by working in the first responder positions, wow. hospitals, grocery stores, wherever it may be, right. who have a requirement, like you mentioned, not the tech bubble yeah. that sometimes and, we live in. And I, I don't, I don't think anybody really like what I, what I respect about certain people, you know, and I'm talking about like pundits and some of these folks like that have nuanced views on this. I always respect someone who's like, I've done work on this topic and I've looked at X, Y, and Z. I've looked at data. I haven't looked at like talking heads or media and all this stuff. And through data or research or an informed point of view where I did some some work, here's my opinion. But I'm also human and I might be wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. I will listen to anybody. It doesn't matter what the topic is. I'll listen to anybody on any side of a view if they have the humility to be like, by the way, I have not, I do I, not have I might be an idiot. Track, yeah. right, 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 right. Whereas like, there's just a lot of like, I am so sure. And that's where let's go when we talk about learning to tie yeah. back to what, what we started on. I've learned, I've learned a lot during the pandemic of like learning people who truly learn, like those who stop learning, lose humility. It's all about humility. Well, like, right. If They've you're truly defined- open to learning. Right. You have to know what you don't know. And you have to know like, oh, I'm a human, which means I'm gonna be the wrong. only thing that, yeah, the only thing yeah. that's for sure is that I'm not 100% right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, which it's, it's hard. It's hard for people to do that because it's easier to be like, I feel something about a topic and I'm just going to stick with that. What's that paradox? There's some type of cognitive therapy paradox or something like that. If you know a little bit about a subject. You talk very confidently about it. <laughs> but it's also just I a, think it's an Einstein quote. The maybe. more the more I learn, the less I know or it's something like that. But like in in addition, this cognitive behavior 
maybe Bart saying, Simpson said that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it could have been <laughs> Bart Simpson. Uh, is, um, you know, if you just know very little about something, you're going to speak to it so confidently. Yeah. And that's where you've defined your walls. I'm, I'm not going to learn anything outside of this. I think, I think with that, you sum up Twitter in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is why I, I just purged. Yeah. You're I, out. Nice. Yeah. You I kept the account live so sure. that uh, our folks can mention me in tweets and stuff, mm-hmm. which they asked for. But you deleted from the phone? Uh, I deleted it from the phone and I deleted uh, all my t- past tweets and likes. I got rid of, which Whoa. is way more of a pain than I. Huge pain in the butt. Yeah, and it cost me like seven bucks, which is annoying. No, but there's a service to do it. Amazon Turk? I don't know. That's boring. It's a conversation for another day. Should we go to Excellent? Should we go to Excellent? I once wrote a script to uh, do something similar to that. So I had to use, in the module of my web browser console, I had to use a JavaScript. Oh, cool. I had to run JavaScript. Cool. Into the console. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Talk about learning. That's what I did over the last nine months. (laughs) (laughs) But what about... What about... Changing gear, excellence. What do you guys think? Well, first off, on excellence, I do think we should let our readers know that Tom here has done such an excellent <laughs> job with the pod yep. already. Just the, the world of prop tech is raving about the pod that Tom Dude. has now accepted a full-time job at HBO. <laughs> now, Mark Rosenthal believes he's on the sales team. <laughs> The full-time uh, yeah. bot. Little does he know that we're going to switch him to full-time. The full-time bot. Actually, Spotify with tried the, to acquire the rights, too. With, with yeah. the dozens of <laughs> listens that we've had. The download my parents listened. Um, yeah, there you go. With, so, speaking of excellence. Yeah. I'm their favorite. Um, <laughs> excellence. What, what, have, what, what have you done well? What can you see from an excellent manner over the past nine months? I'll go first. I think overall. With the pandemic and working remote, I feel, and we speak of absolutes, I feel it has made me, I feel like I'm doing a bad job at being a coworker. I feel like I'm being a bad job at being a father. And I feel like I'm being a bad job at being a husband in that the remote world, it does, it's the same. It's ongoing. When you're home, you're, there's no break up to the day. Right. There's no, there's no commute, even though my commute is an hour long or was an hour long via train. And I used to complain about that and bitch about that. That was an amazing time to self-reflect and talk. And then my, my, the times I used to block off for my family and kids were, were locked down, no phone, no nothing. Now it's like I have 24 hours at home during the day and it's, I'm working. My kids are screaming. We're hanging yeah. out. It's this, it's just like very non excellent, you know, yeah. life because everything has sort of, uh, morphed into into one being or something yeah. like that. Yeah, there's no defined horizons and structure and so to a day. So I feel like it's very right. hard to to define excellence or to be excellent at anything. Yeah, um, takes a lot of discipline and main and trying to maintain the same. Well, I'm not only speaking for myself, but the individual habits that I had pre pandemic: wake up time, uh, exercise, dog. There's walk, no way they're breakfast. the same. Are they the same? There's no way. No, there it is. I've uh, like it's the only thing that's keeping me sane. Frankly, mm-hmm. is keeping that same regimented discipline. So, and you know, even if I'm working from home, I shower and put on like a collared shirt, like I'm going to go into the office. To I think that's crazy. is sick. It is a yeah. sick. I just yeah. got also, this. I haven't showered in f- at least three yeah, weeks. No, but that's like <laughs> you are wearing the heck out of yeah, that shirt. Thank you very much. But I remember this is going back years when um, uh, Garbs and I and Rogan were working out of an apartment, yeah. right? And we were 
uh, that was that an was unnatural. Pa- that felt like a pandemic mm. lifestyle, right there. Yeah. Well, it's a different, <laughs> yeah, different, different type of pandemic. But, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. <laughs> but we had in, the same in the sense that it was all working from home, right? And yep. I I realized that I wasn't excellent if I was not keeping up the same rituals and stuff like that. And time management is definitely hurt uh, with regards mm-hmm. to being excellent, right? I don't think time management was super excellent on my part. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I find time management during the day kind of bleeds into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I think I think what we've seen in the past year and where most companies, um, they're not going to have good data on 2020 on the impact of remote work because. Anytime you do, as everyone who's been following vaccination, anytime you do a big research study uh, or a trial of some sort, um, you try to have a, you know, you have a control group, Mm -hmm. right? And then they're, you know, in the vaccine, in the other case, you're also giving the placebo, right? Um, So everyone had to work from home, particularly in technology, a lot of other industries. Yeah, um, there's no office work. During this time. So you have all these people saying like, hey, productivity hasn't been lost. And you could potentially compare across countries, I guess, but I I still don't even think that's apples to apples. Whereas now what you're going to see is there are companies that are going to go back and there are companies that are going to kind of do this hybrid and then you're going to have people that are fully remote. Uh, And it's going to be really interesting and my my prediction, I was talking to my wife about this. I said, I think, you know, you have particularly in the knowledge worker hubs, the tech hubs, you have kind of the stigma of going back um, has has become something bigger than whether you're going back to work or not, I think, in a lot of areas. Um, yeah, it's politicized. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I think in 2021, as the vaccine comes out. There are going to be some groups that think, hey, we have an advantage. Um, and I think it's twofold. I think some groups are saying we're going to have an advantage by going fully remote in that we can cost down labor and we can also tap into uh, talent by Other going markets. after a bigger yeah. supply, right? Go so ahead. you'll have that group. Then you'll have the the group in the middle, and I heard an interesting perspective from Jason Lemkin, who's, I think, Saster, um, mm-hmm. before I deleted Twitter. <laughs> he said hybrid is going to be the most expensive option because mm-hmm. trying to cater to people both there and not there right. is super hard. It takes a lot of time, effort to like level the playing field to both. and like, well, it's, it's two just, processes, right? Yeah, it's super costly. For each thing. It's yeah, true. Trying to Never do. mind technology, infrastructure. I mean, think about it. Even just the all hands that we had, we catered to both. And it was the most expensive all hands from a cost perspective. We had the professional video crew in for the remote. Yeah. We had lunches. Yeah. We had all mm-hmm. this stuff for the in-office folks. So it's it's difficult. And yeah. then, never mind the time to plan and yeah. the cost associated with that. It yeah. also adds a whole nother variable for politics. So Yeah, I'm curious on the, how that is going right. to change, right? Like. Right. I'm sure people who are cohabitating and sharing a space are going to uh, naturally have a kinship that someone who's sitting behind a screen is going to miss out on. Yep. When you share space with someone. Trust. Trust. Yep. Right. We're sitting in a room here. We're all sitting in a certain way. You can feel the intangibles of it. Yeah. 
behind a screen, you lose like we're feeling all of great that. about your shirt. Yes, it's, it's a fantastic shirt. shirt. I can't right. tell you how great this shirt right. is. Um, but yeah, totally lost on the remote folks. A hundred percent. And yeah. I think that's, um, and then when you have back in office and I've talked to the company about this a lot, but historically, and I'll get back to my, my prediction a little bit, but historically you look at like the Florentine painting revolution, uh, in, I think what was the 15th century you look at the uh, enlightenment in Paris, you look at the industrial revolution in Birmingham and in um, Connecticut river Valley. You look at the auto revolution in Detroit. You look at the um, micro computing revolution out on 128 outside of MIT, Harvard. You look at Silicon Valley internet revolution you look at hubs now in china and in other areas innovation tends to cluster it's you know it's been happening over millennia and the book it's a requirement triumph of the city documents really well how everyone always predicts a certain kind of technology is going to be a substitute and it turns out to be a complement they said you know the Steam engine was going to replace coal. Coal consumption went up because overall demand for power went up. Um, the telephone was going to kill the city because you can, uh, just call. you can just call people. They thought paper when they like Florence actually was like the center of printing press publishing when that was like a big thing. And they thought paper was going to kill the city. They legitimately because communication can now travel on paper. You won't have to be near each other to communicate. Hmm. Um, they had other good examples, even I think they had modern research too, on that your text habits tend to correlate with the people that you see in person. You have some contacts that are good buddies or whatever that you stay in touch with, but it tends to go down over time with lack of in-person engagement. So it tends to reinforce Hmm. in person. Um, now they wrote the book before the pandemic, but they also talk a little bit about past pandemics Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how they kind of lead to refreshes of cities. It doesn't, doesn't touch directly on office, but when you think about human progress and innovation, it hasn't, it's, it's never happened in a distributed remote fashion yet. Well, it's, I think it's a requirement of innovation, right? Knowledge share, quick yeah. knowledge share. Um, you're not going to get that over a computer. Right. You know? And when you're looking Maybe at the big company strategies, I think what's interesting it's not that they're going remote. It's that they're going distributed and flexible. Mm-hmm. They, they're still trying to cluster people. Um, I think this whole like um, s- hub and spoke suburban thing is gimmicky. I think that's like a, this is a short term. Let's get some talent. Let's cater this, skip the commute, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of cost. And For it's people not, who might not benefit from being together in the same office, right? right? So you're talking about geography influencing job function, which isn't yeah, the case. Yeah, right? if you if you're a big employer that has sophisticated human capital acquisition strategy, let's say if you're Google, putting a big hub and investing in say their New York real estate. I mean, well, Google's a bad example because they got more money than they yeah. know what to do with. It. So they'll pr- they'll probably like pick a few co working spaces they'll in be Jersey. Okay. Google's yeah. going to be okay. They might they might they're, they're be gonna, okay. They're going to make it. They might. 
Um, I've been I've been <laughs> calling that one for a while. They're gonna do something, these guys. Uh, but I think you see them. You're gonna cluster because your your human capital needs are so much larger than any one market. You're still gonna look to cluster, but remote and flexible are wildly different things. And we had a flexible policy before. We had what a lot of people thought was like a like a progressive, flexible policy in one day a week, work from anywhere, um, flex Friday after 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. We didn't care where you worked. Um, and unlimited vacation and learning days. You yeah. had a handful of days during the year that you could take off specifically to learn, be flexible, yeah. be excellent in your position. Yep. Um, uh, so I think more people will do that. We, did, we don't care. We didn't care about asses and seats, motion aid progress, right? And you I say this all the time. We knew a ton right. of people that would, you know. There's no sense being in the office for being in the office's sake. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Just, although now, so I think I undervalued that. There it's, actually is some. It's just changed. Being, it's yeah. different. Yeah. No, but at the time when we were doing that, we had a culture that people wanted, were in the office. We had one day a week, right? Yeah. P- very Took few. Took for granted. Yeah. Well, the, well, people being in, yeah. Right, right. And I don't think a lot of people ended up taking it in so much there, there was a benefit just to be here and b if we were just looking at outcomes outcomes were better when people were hanging out there's the competitive and i think that social so i think the firms that are you already see wall street's high performance Mm -hmm. they made record profits in q3 we can talk about whether the game's rigged or not but uh (laughs) (laughs) there's a culture and they're they're first back at the office Mm -hmm. people who work on wall street are notorious for being ambitious high performance they were the top of their class all that stuff like that culture is going to be in person the banks have already said it mm-hmm. you look at other industries I don't, I don't think you're going to see wildly different performance in other industries from people that are not there it's not popular either where to be like work-life balance and the big tech companies talk about work-life balance but when you look at like the average tenure of an employee there it's relatively short because they grind you, right? Yeah. Like they had all, every amenity on the planet right. to Google, keep you at the office. Yeah, to keep you yeah. there at grind. And then it's like, we want A plus performance for as long as you can give it. And then we'll get somebody who will do it, right? So like, I think it's a little disingenuous. Some of the, they talk out of both of the, both sides yeah. of their mouth. On it's going to be interesting stuff. to see what, I don't even know where this would go in the let's go side of things. I'm trying to pie, try it back in instead of going on a tangent. But, you know, what does you know, company perks and company benefits. And what does that look like with this sort of distributed workforce and some remote, some flexibility? Like are the stuff that Google had that might've been valued as super, like the catered lunches, right? I don't know what that, that wild statistic number of the astronomical amount of money it costs them to cater lunches for everybody in their workforce. Does that even move the needle for anybody anymore in this, in this new normal? Like should that benefit of or be be given to something else what is it is it more flexibility is it um commuting benefits or something like that like how is that going to change how we think about so here's my prediction that i keep getting distracted from i predict fault with a shirt i predict (laughs) it's such a good shirt someone like google is the most sophisticated company on the planet in terms of like taking care of its employees um they do a great job they are going to take what the defense gives them Right now, the defense is just giving them, you have to adapt to this current pandemic, right? So they're going to address, cater, help you at home, help you here, help you do this, help you do that. But ultimately, they're a high performance organization. 
they already have acknowledged they see value and people clustering, being at the office, engaging, developing relationships, spontaneous interaction, knowledge sharing, all the things that leads to innovation because big tech knows like as soon as you stop innovating, you're, you're dead. dead. You're yep. dead. Uh, so they're smart. They know that 2021, you're going to have the market's going to split. You're going to have a bunch of people that are just kind of like slowly going to bring people back with the vaccine. Um, and I would, I should say there's going to be three splits. People that completely invest a ton in reinventing the office to make it phenomenal to come back. People that believe, but are like, we also have to give the carrot and make it amazing to come yeah, back. Make changes. You're going to yep. have some people like, you know, the company my father works at for a while. They're just like, yeah, you just come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're come in and wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll slowly bring people back. And then there'll be the people that try to stay, you know, keep the advantages of lower cost labor and lower cost real estate and adapt remote. And IBM went fully remote 2014, came back 2017. I think by the end of 2022 or 2023, companies that are fully remote, you're going to start to see headlines in Wall Street Journal, Commercial Observer, all this, grand proclamations. Like from our boy, David Cancel, who I love over mm. at Drifts and, you know, they're going mm. uh, digital first. Is Which is an interesting said. way to put it in general. Like, I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's saying there. digital first. Right. They're going to have conversation spaces. But I bet the companies that do this, like there's going to be like two to three years from now, announcement. We have invested. We have this crazy new office. We, we're, we're cutting against the grain. We're, we believe in UFO innovation. Style, Apple campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming back. And I'm not saying Drip in particular, but it, his LinkedIn post caught my eye. Um, and I think it's going to be like, we did this great unveiling around remote. And oh, by the way, hard to innovate, hard to, from a product perspective, learning perspective, all those things, excellence. I think you start to have the, the office like uh, come back as like, and by the way, it's a perk. It's a perk to have space. I, I think there's like, you know, I've talked about certain industries, more service related, you know, lawyers or, or accountants or something like that, where they're either always on site or whatever. They don't need a space. They can certainly save the advantages of real estate. I think it's an, it's a wild move by David Cancel. I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, I don't know if it's an HR move. I don't know if it's a people move. Um, there, I think at the top of their game, they're doing extremely well. To come out with that and say digital first, we're going to make commerce. I don't even know what conversation spaces mean. To be honest, I I, I didn't even know if he said he's getting rid of the office or he's not. Um, digital. Well, I think he said we're we're he digital know. first. We are digital post. first in know. general. We use a lot of digital things in our day, uh, and we're in the office. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't I don't really know what his his truly his stance was, but I I just I can't see an innovative. An incredible product person like he is, an incredible executive like he is, uh, uh, and that company maintaining their their lead or their innovation without it. Without I think they can do it for two years. 18 right? months, like, 24 I, months. I think, again, take what the defense gives you. Yeah. If, if certain pools of talent are unable or unwilling to be in person and innovate, then figure out a way to maximize During the, that plane, time. the playing field right. you can During give that it. Time. So I think that's probably what he's doing. And he also said when he, what's it going to look like? He put in the comments, he's like, no idea. We're going to figure it out. I also think Which it I is love about him because he's just going to do something and then he'll post whether it works or not. Right. Yeah. And be humble about it and be honest. Um, I do think it's interesting when you think about, you know, your prediction where you talked about 21 
you know, I, I think we're not we're not even going to realize any of these changes. Cancel might even be David Cancel might even be well ahead of the game trying to predict whatever he may or may not know. But we're going to see the changes in twenty two and twenty three of what people actually decide and what on what workforce they're going to want. Twenty one. By the time, you know, June hits and, and there might be vaccine distribution, the large companies, the most innovative companies, they're not going to be able to move that quickly on a dime anyways. They're not going to be able to get rid of the leases. They're not going to be able to sublease. They're going to be able to figure out what their work life culture. They're not going to be able to renovate their spaces. So you're not going to know until 22, 23. So you're almost looking at a 12 to 24 month lag in general to what maybe they should or shouldn't mm. be doing. Yeah. I'm interested if there's a bad quarter, right? How quickly people are use, hey, let's everyone bad quarter for right or wrong uh let's get everyone back here yeah. and just eliminate this one big variable yeah uh right or wrong who knows right but uh, i think people but i think it'll be right well, there's just something about i can see you let's get in a room and hash something out yeah you know yeah i i think the bad quarter is maybe that's gonna best. spook people you know i think that's an interesting way to look at it yeah. um particularly if certain things break down right and even when you think that's about what I was thinking, what KPIs are people going to be looking at yeah. to determine whether or not their approach to return to work is working? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, what outside of your revenue lines? Well, right. But how do you how do you quant, how do you? But what about attrition? What about people? Right. That could be. Um, yeah. Who knows? Right. Yeah. How do you how do you quantify innovation? Right. Right. right? Like a top line, bottom line thing. Easy. Right. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, Good quarter, you could mask that you've got an underlying problem. Yeah, and plus, you, you really wouldn't see the fruits of your truly innovative labor until a few quarters later, right? Is that, if they, that's what you're saying, right? All right. of the work that you're doing now, perhaps the R&D, perhaps you know, the real secret sauce, you're not going to realize until a handful well, of quarters later. Well, or, or maybe, maybe not. When, when it's too late right. and you realize that the competition has innovated around you or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, Top line is going to make sense for the right now, but uh, what are you losing by not by not having a strong position either way? How are you benchmarking your success and on return to work? You know, I don't know. Are we on truth? Uh, we 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 were technically that was still very on truth. That was a truthful statement. That was an excellent yes. Statement. Thank you. Again, the shirt is fantastic. Um, There's some truth for it. Are we on truth with regards to return to work? Yeah, I think we've moved there. I thought about uh, the T in um, Let's Go a little bit. About teaching. I know that kind of morphs into learning, but, you know, something to think about. Wouldn't that be... No, I'm out on that. Nah, okay, it's a hard pass. Okay. <laughs> Greg's giving it a hard pass. Teaching? Yeah, yeah it's Fair dead. Sure it's a dead. hard pass on the teaching. Um, <laughs> Keep the shirt and lose the, you love lose the teaching. <laughs> you love school. I think the only person I've seen very outspoken is Reed Hastings at Netflix. What he say? He said... I see absolutely zero benefits to remote and we'll be back. I think he said like 15 minutes after. He, he, that also, has, oh, he yeah. also has extremist cultural views in general to how he, yeah, which how is how he excellent, excellent cultural. I mean, yeah. yeah. Culture of excellence. Yeah. 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 Culture, oh. of excellence. yeah. <laughs> culture of truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, 15 minutes after that vaccine, people are itching to get back to normal. Yeah, I hope so. Do you, do you think, do you think... We'll get back to normal in some things. That's what I was going to say. Do you but think, like what? And when, with regards what? to truth, we get this vaccine, you know, and your risk profile has significantly decreased if your company does not uh, force you or have a return to office. Are you, are you back in the office? Me, personally? Or just 
Hypothetical. The, the royal we. Uh, Hypothetical. Um, I think in big companies, you're gonna lot. You're gonna have a lot of people that don't want like not as much of an issue if you have smaller group of people that are passionate about like startups. You kind of have to be like in on the idea, right? Yeah. Like that's why you join. Like I don't know. Uh, some people join startups because they saw the social network and they're like, "That looks cool," and that's a terrible representation of startups because startups mostly suck. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh like, yeah, they're brutal. Yeah. What's um, that line? You know, it's cool. A billion, billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, startups it's messy awesome. and it doesn't work <laughs> until it works, and then once something starts working, something else breaks. Yep. And, and it's all an like, overnight success. Yeah. And you're kinda, yeah. You're constantly firefighting. <laughs> Big companies where. Stuff generally works, at least for the time horizon that you're going to be in it uh, as a worker. It's kind of like, I don't know, I can I hang for a bit. I can hang. Yeah. Uh, Rest and best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can hang and have optionality. Like, I think probably big companies will have, um, there will be a different mindset and different types of people who work at different companies i think but i think that uncertainty is 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 troublesome for those those types of companies right i mean you need to i i would imagine you need to pick a lane are we remote or are we back yeah to garbage's um, point earlier right. about what what are we doing are we remote or are we back should i should i be coming in every day like i used to yeah or should i just hang out in my sweatpants all day like i i do now what are, <laughs> what, are what are we doing here yeah i mean i think the hybrid is going to be expensive and confusing I think more flexibility, but like office first culture or by the way, digital first is just such a branded remote, like <laughs> yeah. remote right? Yeah, that's good. I don't know, man. I, I didn't even put that together. That that mean, that. I live a digital first lifestyle in the office. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's good. That's that's good. good. Uh, I come to the office and I do use digital products. Yeah. So right. would that, we should ask Dave actually if that. Let's get him on the show and be like, what, what is that? Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll we'll ping him and see. Yeah. Like, so is it truly he would actually be great devices? Yeah, he's the man. So, digital first. Actually, does that mean that it would be anti-digital first to do this in person, or do you think we can get him? In We'd have to do it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Well, or should he? Or in one of those conversational right? spaces? I think he could zoom be. from right there. Is the pod? Digital. Yeah, that right. thing that Tom's using is that a digital or an analog? Right. Yeah. Thing. I don't know. Is that right. yeah. back, back on track? Yeah. Speed. Um, I bet Dave's Truth. missed us. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'd love to. You know, back in the days, uh, you know, hit that with a nice Boston Ovation headline. Oh yeah. You were D- enemy, D- enemy number one. D- over cancel. There. <laughs> Digital yeah. first. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically worshiped the ground his company walked on. So. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, all right. I think from a s- speed perspective, since we somewhat did. Trip, oh, yeah. We nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, you can't. You, you are faster in getting to your desk remote. Yeah. Obviously. Um, no commute. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. You might be faster at getting done concentration work, individual work. I found Emails. like concentration was tougher. I think at home, if you blended a little bit, because when pre-COVID, you would exercise flex, right? Like you'd go, you'd be like, yeah, working from home in the morning to get stuff done. Uh, and then come in, collaborate, innovate. Yeah, <laughs> just um, come in and innovate everywhere. Like at home, you're not innovating, but you're cranking. 
Right. Right. Like you come in here to innovate. Things that if you if you're bothered, like you're writing code, you're doing emails, you're whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think I, you're faster I, than that. Other than that, I think anything that involves other humans, you're slower inherently. Yeah, but also, Async I don't know. Like, I think I was uh, in so much. <laughs> also, when I, when I say you, I'm not. I know, I know. Yeah, very fast. specifically. <laughs> um, to your point, Greg, earlier about defined horizons, I found my concentration at home uh, wasn't as sharp as it was here. Once I changed in the environment, went from my home to the office. My concentration totally changed, and I was way more. I'm way faster at cranking out work from that desk over there than I am from doing it at home. Do so you much, think though it's because it's quiet right now in the office? If no, no, I earnestly you think, think it's that, the environment of the office. No, just, I think it's my mentality here. of I've left home. My yeah, personal life yeah. is yeah. there. Right now, I'm here. I want to. I, I like my personal life. I want to spend as few hours. Look, I got a good work. I got a good thing going here. Things I've are, seen the things certain, are comfortable. But I want like when I'm working from home, I'm like, oh, work and personal all in the same place. I have a lot of time to do this. There's no end of the day that I have to be home for. My concentration is actually worse working from my computer at home than it is. Yeah. Here. I think I found. Yeah, that. I don't just screw that. Now, what about what about what about like group and and company? speed and performance personal oh, there's a handful of things that, that yeah way slower. we could be better at way slower. um grouped goals right um it's slower it has to be I, I can't i can't think of a good example i'm trying to be the, the positive voice on speed i can't think of one i think everything has an inherent delay to it or maybe we just also haven't acclimated like it was going to take some acclimation to a remote only uh, culture where speed might you know the mechanisms. But I, by think, which- I think the first couple of months actually was more. We had more velocity. We had more speed yeah. from from March to June, July because we were taking we're, the energy that well, we had. We, yeah, yeah, probably right? we had this energy. We didn't really know how long it was going to be. Now we're in these doldrums of 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 the the remote life, right. uh, and it's hard. It's difficult. And it's draining. Fatigue. It's yeah. fatigue. Fatigue. And so now we're seeing an extreme lack. Whether we've learned to adapt to that remote culture or not it is different there's yeah. there's significant definitely fatigue, fatigue. definitely fatigue and affecting performance at uh, i think individual group and company level i'm sure a lot of people yeah. have seen fatigue oh for sure which does i think that's the biggest thing when you think about next up goodness it's hard to assess that was a speedy transition out of speed yeah well done we quickly hit speed truth boom truth uh, <laughs> excellent I think like how much people in the world right now are cranky. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, like that's oh, just for sure. people are cranky. Everybody's cranky. Understandably. Um, I'm, I'm quite wary of someone who's like, this is going great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I think, I think, I don't know. I, so I'm on, you know, a uh, bunch of Babson guys. Uh, I'm on a, a group text. There are a handful of individuals, a handful of buddies that are in those big companies and they are just living right now. (laughs) They are hanging out. Life is good. The pay is good. The work is about 30% of what it was in office. There's no horizon to come back. They're just kind of hanging. Right. But I guess I'd be worried. They're probably fatigued though of not being able to do regular stuff 
in outside or are they work? just living life I don't, I, I that's a good question Florida. i didn't i didn't i didn't say are you just thrilled with doing nothing in general or just nothing at work yeah because <laughs> right? i i will say i we should caveat all this this is such a boston centric view of things where it's it's certainly not the worst like southern california is the worst lockdown i was talking to someone there the other day who had just lost it the uk has had a brutal lockdown mm. um i was in florida over the holidays a lot more normal down there so people are less cranky for yeah, sure but also the weather too yeah right? but i'm i'm trying to figure out like when when you're not around people we've talked about this hard to empathize which makes goodness difficult, right? Being good to one another requires human interaction and empathy. Um, how much is people just being cranky COVID? How much is, if we only focus, focus on not the, the overall state of the world, but people at work in the office, goodness towards one another in terms of like collaboration, support a teammate. It's hard, it's hard to judge how much of that, again, the only variable being in office or remote. And before we went you know, remote because of COVID, you would see some of our folks like Sam in the UK and Julia, not intentionally, but out of sight, out of mind type thing where they had to, they didn't necessarily have the support of teammates as much as people in office, right? Like right. you kind of feel Of course, they've been remote for ever compared to our headquarters here in Boston. Right. Which is really difficult position to be in. So it wasn't, you know, and you have to be a certain kind of person to kind of launch a new market. Like you need a certain resilience for sure. Um, But then you add in people that aren't together collectively, but then you also have a pandemic that brings people down. So um, you really have to program how to support people that are remote in normal times, but you add into it from a goodness perspective, how much is it just like, this is a tough year, right? Like it's been a tough year. 2021 starting will be tough. Uh, I mean, it's hard to think. I mean, just think about it. Uh, you are, you are, you know, far nicer. I mean, this might be a Boston thing too, where, you know, you ride the MBTA, right? And everybody's looking at you like you're a fucking asshole and you spit in their Cheerios <laughs> and it's just like Boston to a T. But when you get to know them, that'd be a great person. So like, you know, so much of, of, of we're, we're just separated from yeah. our day to days. And, and yeah. you would never speak to somebody like that in a normal work environment or whatever. Maybe even you find yourself like, oh, I haven't seen this person in nine months and they don't even really exist to me. So yeah. that, you know, and you can take these aggressive positions from them. So yeah, goodness is tricky. Not w- without that sort of in-person, like you mentioned, that empathetic. The T example is interesting because Joe Rogan on his podcast talks a lot about, he moved from LA to Austin, Texas. And he always says that uh, overpopulation, he thinks decreases value of human life. And when you think about it, people in New York, there's so many humans, like they're not necessarily notorious for being polite to one another when you're walking Mm -hmm. down the street, like on the T, not not the area that you always see the best behavior, but sometimes you do, right? Sometimes you like, do. But There's it's funny when he just talks about like when it's such a high number, it dehumanizes. Well, right. You can't spend your time. But it's kind of emotionally the city theory of like people being together. Oh, it literally interesting. brings you together. Yeah. I don't know if he's right or wrong, but. No, I think there's something to that, right? If you see if, uh, that static noise, right? If you're on the street and you're passing 100 people, 99 of them are going to be wasting your time. You've got to put blinders on and walk over the person who's screaming right. on the side of the street, right? You're yeah. like, I don't have time for that. You got to yeah. do you. I'm going to keep moving. <laughs> right. But um, 
I'm sure if there's a shared goal between individuals in a co- in a crowded space. Well, right. And if you're in a town with a hundred people and you burn twenty five bridges, you're like, whoa. Twenty five percent of the people that I could have a good relationship with off the table. Right. Whereas like <laughs> you're in Manhattan, it's like, ah, yeah, I'll catch the next bus. Yeah, you know? right. I'll like, catch the next twenty five. Uh, right. uh ownership I think is tough. It's just hard to galvanize people when you're Yep. And own, owning something. Or, or it becomes a, a ownership, it becomes, but, you know, kind of a strength and a weakness. And that, that there's so much personal ownership that, it, that it's a detriment to the team or the company because you're at right. home, you're siloed, right? right. Like, yeah. Well, I own this and yeah. the other person who can do it, it's going to take me 10 times as long and I'm going to make whatever, but, but you're, you're, you are truly owning it. Yeah. And yet it's, it should never have been that case. Correct. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's spot on, right? I found personally that projects that I would have classically, owned 75% of and then offloaded 25% to Yeah. in this environment where communication is much more difficult, I'll streamline it and own a hundred percent. So uh, because at the end of the day, it might not have streamlined it, right? Or it might well, have been right. well, it's, less it's, it's poor or whatever. Yeah. time management, right. right? Because now I'm taking on 25% more right. of a project that I should have offloaded. So, right. You know, so pros and cons. Yeah, sure. I did offload a project to you recently. Which one? So good ownership. That little questionnaire? Cybersecurity. Oh, dude, that I won't break a sweat on that. That only had like oh, 10 questions. That's because of the shirt you had on today. Yeah, that was small. Can't touch Just me toss on that. Yeah, right, <laughs> right there. Ownership. Yeah. <laughs> Volley that over the net. Uh, yeah, it's hard. So do we want to talk about what, uh, outside of like what it is the, I want to talk about like softwares that are going to be important for return to work because invariably, however long, Hybrid. There's going to be some companies that go digital 100%. first. Is yeah, let's go digital, digital first. Yeah. What are the digital tools that are going to help hybrid and uh, full back to the office companies to uh, safely manage a space? For the, so, the- how how long do you think that's going to be a market? Uh, if I if by looking at some of the touchless stuff that we've saw have a huge spike in interest and then next to nothing thereafter, yeah. it might be short lived. Right. But but are are is public health awareness post this keeping more distance between individuals contact tracing or bigger room you know, whatever bigger conference rooms, right? I, I, I don't know if people are we're gonna ever jam twenty five people again into this room and feel great doing it. Yeah, we're having right? a vaccine party tomorrow. Right. Well maybe, yeah. maybe. So you don't so think you're gonna maybe. go to a concert again? No, oh god no, 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 no. But why would so you go to you a concert and then not send this room? I'm, I'm not talking about myself. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm talking so you about think some people won't go to concerts. Maybe I'm, I'm posting on Twitter. That's why I quit Twitter. I saw people. Those people shouldn't. You go know to the concerts. picture of the plexiglass booths at concerts, and they were like, "This is such a bummer. I'm never going to go to a concert again." And I was like, "That's it. I'm out." Yeah. And that's the dude. I, like I, the first thing that happened. I want to go to awesome. I want to go to see a sports yeah, concert. That's exactly. Yeah. I was like. I can't be around this first. You want to get a ticket? Let's go together. That could be a blast. I can't put that garbage in my head. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You might be right. How? Maybe I don't know. That's one of the thing I'm wrestling with. Where I think a lot of people, there's certain things that should be adopted technologically in society that you can masquerade as COVID. Yeah, and then it will Hope make it a, a touchless experience is an awesome experience. There wasn't a pain point big enough to get. A to lot of folks to invest cost. in the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the cost, right? So it's like, uh, can we use it for COVID even though, you know, 
all health authorities have said that COVID doesn't like if you touch the button in the elevator, like you're yeah. sh- you're showing that you don't read books, right? Because like it it has been proven. Let's like, CDC all every authority has said that's not how it spreads. Right. So, which I like, I'll probably get in trouble for saying that. But mm-hmm. um, but that button is disgusting, anyways. Yeah. It's oh, and nasty. by the way, I'm a I'm a huge germaphobe, <laughs> and I don't like touching it. I I grab roll, Kevin's phone and I touch touch makes fun of me because every time I go on the train or a plane, I wipe down everything. Right. <laughs> so I'm all for people being like, I don't like touching stuff. I don't. I, we've been in this room too long. Period. Yeah. And I don't like being. You know. <laughs> You guys are giving me the willies, uh, but it's just, I, I think right. people are going to revert back. There were a lot of studies showing that a number of hand washing and all that stuff, which this really bummed me out, had started to revert back to pre pandemic levels. Um, people's not washing their hands like, anymore. Well, they just went, they're reverting back to the mean of how often they did it before. Um, and My times were good and dirty. Yeah. Mm. And then you're going to have like a ton of hand sanitizer that is sitting around that it'll get used, but at a less it'll frequent pace. I don't think you're going to. It'll be interesting to yeah, see what, like, um, <laughs> if there's any uh, uh, federal, state level public health initiatives or guidelines that yeah. get enacted that put the onus on companies to handle. Public wow. potential public health things. Let's talk about Mr. Secretary, <laughs> Mr. Martin Walsh. He'll be uh, Boston Mayor. He'll Labor. It's gonna come from him. Yeah, no, uh, literally. literally it's yeah, gonna come probably, from the probably. This is where it's going to come from. Ocean. Yeah. It's going to come from the Department of Labor. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be it'll be a good thing if certain you know improved labor conditions are always a good. Well, thing. right, yeah. right. And <laughs> what are those? That's what I was thinking. Right, right. like what is and how does insurance play into all of this? What are they going to incentivize? Yeah, maybe the air quality is real. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the, the studies show that hey, if you keep, uh, you know, what is it, 150 square foot feet per individual, if you have a bullpen esque office, right? Yeah, maybe, that's cushy, man. Okay, so <laughs> what, what if what if they what if somebody mandates that it's got to be more square footage, or there is a minimum square foot for certain types yeah. of white collar office? Um, yeah. I don't know enough about politics to say what or public health initiatives to know that if there's yeah. anything like that. I, th- I think the biggest improvements societally probably are outside the office. Most people who work in an office, you're already kind of in a echelon where it's not that bad. Mm. Um, I think it's yeah, like when you're you probably use it, right, you know, yeah. I think when you look at you know, low income housing and some of the conditions of air quality mm. in those buildings yeah. where you have high spread, hopefully there's changes there. Yeah, um, like prison nursing home reform kind of things too. I don't, right? Nah, people, prisons are. I mean, there's some prisons that are pretty bad, but well, didn't they just also, release 200 low risk criminals from uh, Massachusetts State Penitentiary? Yeah, maybe yeah. because of COVID related risk. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's above my pay grade. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I saw a tweet. That's all I know. About yeah, well, I'm, I'm, on this I'm off yeah, Twitter, man. That's true. So. That's true. I'll yeah. just tell you what's happening. I'd rather you didn't. Yeah, That's but I'm gonna off. do it. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> hey Chase, here's your Twitter yeah. recap from this morning. All right, send final prediction. Send him an email mm. on RTO on return to office in the year 2025. What's the office look like? An office market look like? First, we'll start easy. Total amount of office absorption more in square footage or less in 2025 from today more population is going to the economy's doing great 
more businesses, more space. Yeah, I think you know to try to compare, you know, more with the same sort of constraints or same headcount. I, 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 I truly think more space. I think it's going to take four or five years to get there. I think we're going to see a significant change. Think about us. We're changing our office space. We're taking more space today to now, right now, trying to adapt to right. the working culture. But it's going to look different. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the desk next to each other. Uh, it'll adapt. I think. I think it will be more. Um, but I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take a while to get there. I think we're going to see some some ebbs and flows over the next couple of years as companies figure it out. Maybe I, I think slam dunk. Right? Like there's just going to be cities aren't going away. Right? Real estate markets is, is hot as. All hell, not the right? office market right now. Well, no, but it's going to lack, right? Like, yeah. but it's cities aren't going. I don't. Years. I mean, we, we haven't even seen the flood or potential flood of subleases coming onto the market because people are still, companies are still paralyzed to make that decision. What is that decision? Are we giving up that space? Are we giving up the fifteen floors that we have in this building? Are we giving up that building? What are we doing when that hits the market? It's going to have a. It's going to have an impact, right? Um. They haven't made that decision yet. We don't. We don't know. Are we? Are we five, six months away from a return to office, return to normal with certainty? No, we don't know, right? So I think, like, we don't know, right? We don't know. Same with. I'll, I'll, I'll quote David Cancel. I don't know. What do you think, Garp? More or less? I think more because of population. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the expansion, uh, like companies that are expanding square footage because of space, it's a very temporary fix. I don't, I don't think the, I, I think we'll revert back to the mean from a density perspective in probably 2022. People are going to continue to do the, you know, liability based. We're distancing, we're doing this. And then I think business is business and you start looking at costs and you, you'll revert back as people's yeah, I think, tolerance becomes. I think there's going to be significant yeah. costs for all these companies trying to retrofit spaces yeah. right yep. and that's the cost of taking or retrofitting whatever it may be even the hybrid space yeah. what does it look like we have 100 deaths on this floor if we spread it out to 60 that's going to cost a fortune right <laughs> <laughs> i get excited <laughs> talking desks all right last one uh the five-day work week you think it's still standard in 2025, seven Monday day, seven Friday, day, seven day work week. And do you think that a stain factor is going to be how many days in office, how many days not in office? Do you think that that's going to become standard in interviewing? And yeah. like, how many days are you expected to be in the office? I think COVID like, just like that. expedited that though, right? Like, uh, people. That's going to be on the job posting. What? How many days you can. Like, work? usually it's like travel. Yes. Yeah. In office? Yes. Like five yeah. standard. In office four days. I five think days. I think um but they don't usually list how many days. No. No, but he's flexible. He's They'll say five. Like I think start I think people are gonna be way more and this was gonna happen with COVID or not. People just work so many I'm on I'm because my phone's got work. It's different. You're different. Well, for sure. But you're a different person. But but what do you mean? What do you mean? I, you, you, you try like I, I can tr- try to compare yourself to even a number of other employees. That we well, have. but there, there are, there are the fact that your phone is a connection to your work life, right? When my dad, when he was working in the seventies and eighties, right? Great time, great time. He would leave his work at five five thirty, and then completely check out because he didn't have a means of communicating. Right, you know, no email. Life is good. Life was great. 
I, but now, but I think there are people today that do that, and I think there's a lot of people today that do. That. I think you're built differently. You know, you're an executive. No, but I think company. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you're you might also, be right. You're also trained. It's been 15 people, years as a founder of a company. Yeah. It's the same thing. I try to compare myself. I can't. I go home. We work or work. Log in. Weekend email comes in. Work. So a blended. Yet I'm in the office five days a week. It's almost like a seven day working time. It's not right. as many hours in the weekend and whatever. Yeah. But but you're different for 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 normal. Uh, for normal folks, yeah. not sickos like ourselves, um, will 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 it be required? Will companies be more flexible? You see that? Yeah, probably. I mean, I hope it's. I hope the five day five five's nice. It's clean. Mm-hmm. Five days a weekend just is awesome. At yeah. two days, I mean, w- would we get people spoiled? used to work Saturday three day weekends? Three day weekends are exciting because yeah. we look forward to them. Yeah, like isn't it, are we coming up to a three day weekend now? Yeah, it's MLK's birthday. Psyched. Yeah. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah. Um, because we have a normal two-day weekend. I don't know. I, I'm a, I, I'm a five-day five guy. Yeah. You're not. No, I just think, that, I think the market is going to go four-day with one day of flexibility. So That's what we're still we working five days. You're still working five days. Well, more You're people are going to four-day work week. We're only working four days. We're only working three days. Oh, no. Oh, no. People are going to be working... People are well, saying you're work more now. Yeah, well, yeah, you're saying yeah. people are going to work seven days. Kind of what you you said. <laughs> people do. <laughs> this is flown off the rails, by the uh, way. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what uh, was your prediction? Oh, I think uh, the account. I think from a managerial perspective, and then a uh, uh, mostly a managerial perspective. If you say you have two days. Do you have to like add in all of the programming around? Well, does everybody have to do the same two days? Like the coordination costs are high. Yeah, it's a, the hybrid model. Right. Uh, I think hybrid is too expensive. I think you're going to see people be like blanket. You can take X amount of time and they probably push it down to the managers being like, if you want to do a day or two, that's fine. Uh, flexibility. And I think with social pressure, um, People will be. It'll gravitate towards around four. I think. Yeah. 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 Social pressure to work more or less. Well, I just think when you're like, uh, there are meetings happening, there are people in office, like I'm missing out on stuff. Right. Um, demanding boss that does measure hours and seats, which. Did you see this? There's a um, Chinese company that uh, is putting biometrics into. Dude, we work with doing that. Into seat cushions, yeah. right? Yeah. Cool. And they're measuring. It's supposed to be health related. That's how it gets built. Yeah, nonsense. right. Like, oh, yeah. oh you need to you stand up more. Yeah, oh, your it. heart rate's right. going up or you're stressed. But HR was using it. Your hands aren't on the keyboard. Right. Get clacking. Right. You know? Which is so, I don't know. <laughs> it's so, like, so, I think it's so, my ego. I, like, if you don't want, I would never want, like, if we have to make you do it, we don't want it. Like, you don't want that. Right. You know? like, right. Yeah. You don't want to be here. We don't want you here. I don't think that's the reality of larger organizations. No, that's a big cost center. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, what did we miss? Yeah. How do we wrap <laughs> this up? He's like, no, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we you got anything. <laughs> we got to bring it home, though. How do we wrap it up, Tom? I mean, my advice to people would be like, the middle way is no way at all. But that's also a reflection of my personality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but the middle way is no way at all. Well, to your point about operationally, being very expensive to balance both yeah and it's a it's going to be a cluster yeah um and i think a lot of companies are cluster so yeah no doubt there will be a bunch (laughs) of that so um i would suggest like 
there are some companies that have, I forget which one it was, but if you download, like Google search the asynchronous guide to remote work or something like there are companies that are investing a ton of like thought and resources and all these things into like, they're going full boat remote work. We don't spend a dime on office space. We only spend on IT. Um, <laughs> those PR guys of the uh, base camp, um, they know they know how to create a yeah media yeah, sensation. Yeah, That's a yeah. PR guys. Um, they've always been remote, and they've yeah. like they're dogmatic about it. It's kind of weird. Um, it's like their religion is remote work. But they're probably their processes are all designed yeah. for that. Hundred percent. Right? They're going to be fine doing yeah. that, and, and they've they've built a fine company doing that. Um, so I think you got to go all in on uh, that, or at some point, companies here, and you're starting to see it with the banks and all these things. You also just need to lead back, and like the world's never going to be perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you got to kind of go back and probably just make some hard choices at some point. I think the middle way with technology, um, it again, it's not going to be remote. It's going to be flexibility because it's not about hours and seat, right? Um, but I think you you kind of have your point of view of like, you know, we do try to lead with in-person work or we try to lead with not paying for office and like 100% creating simplifying what you have to do so you can do it essentially in isolation which is what remote mm -hmm. work is mm -hmm. i think you gotta get kind of pick and i think a lot of people will call hybrid strategies hybrid and say we found this middle ground and i think it'll be either remote or either mainly in person but they kind of masquerade as hybrid but I don't know how hybrid really works. I think, I think people are stuck hedging. hybrid right now. Hybrid's I think the hedging. majority of companies aren't built like Basecamp. The majority of companies are not built for right. the isolation. The majority of companies are also not leading back, right? They're yeah, not right leading now, back. So won't. they're stuck in this purgatory of, you know, some people are joining, uh, some people joining this company. We need to onboard. What do we do? We're trying to fit the square peg into the round hole of give you this onboarding strategy that we had previously and it's not working. So what do we do? When you're your point, they need to lead. They need to pick. Um, you know, short term, you just have to. You really got to invest and rip the bandit off. You have to get some. You know, some in person FaceTime. You have to lead, or it's just constant, constant communication. Right. Yeah. I think it can be boiled which down. Which is to also exhausting. Which is exhausting. You have to redesign it's your company's yeah. operation and processes right. to account for. Just have Zoom, like Zoom or Google Hangout, just on all day at everybody's home. Dude, just I like, thought just about like that. we're in like the office the, and video. Yeah. Live video feed in my office at home. Yeah. Oof. Well, you'd be able to see if Greg had his headphones in, like, oh, Greg's plugged in right now. I'm not going to go. Hands on keyboard, coding. Right. I'm not going to be slacking him right, right. now. Yeah. That whatever. feels like. Uh, Weird. You can't do that. It's like the end of Batman, I think. Yes, Morgan and Freeman the, with the, the screen. story was they yeah, killed that machine. Yeah, that but did they? Right, which was <laughs> with, whoa. I don't know, man. <laughs> whoa, I don't know. There should no be better additional sequels there, yeah. right? <laughs> Did they? I don't know. Tune in next time. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, this is fun. Now yeah. that you're recurring guests, we'll see if we can get D, D canceled. Let's get D canceled next week. Mm -hmm.